Hello, my name is Sarah. I'm one of the Verbin Day missionaries here based out in San Francisco. And today is St. Patrick's Day, so happy St. Patrick's Day. But if I'm honest, it was a bit of a strange day to wake up today. Here in the Bay Area, as probably all of you that are listening to uh, to this podcast will know that we're here under not complete lockdown, but shelter in place you know, it's a strange day to wake up. The streets are silent. Nobody's going to work. Shops are closed. And yet today is St. Patrick's Day. Perhaps um, I think the only days that are louder in the mission, mission district, you know, where our main house is, um, are the days when the Giants win or when the Warriors win. I think those are the only two days in all of the year, in all all of uh, our time in the Mission District, that's louder than St. Patrick's Day. The bars are filled, the streets are filled, there's joy, there's merriment on the streets. And tonight, it's going to be silent. It's a day, you know, when everybody claims to be Irish. That's good. <laughs> it's a day that we all raise a Guinness. We raise something. We raise a Guinness to remember St. Patrick. But there is this strange silence that wraps the country, that wraps the world. And yet this is St. Patrick's Day. Perhaps actually it's uh, as we do begin this shelter in place, perhaps St. Patrick can be a good saint to begin this time with. You know, here we are, we're thinking, you know, of what's going to happen. We don't know. We're thinking and remembering our loved ones that maybe we're not close. We're not uh, physically close to at this time. We're remembering those that are that are already sick. We're maybe remembering uh, small business owners at this time, the local coffee shop, the local restaurant. What are they going to do? But let's turn to... Um, St. Patrick and the Irish tradition uh, today, this morning, you know, as we maybe seek hope, as we seek something of a joy in this day, as we begin this shelter in place. So I wanted to just share a little bit. Um, I was remembering this morning, uh, a few years back now, just before I made my perpetual vows in 2015, there was a group of us, about 12 of us, and I led a, a kind of a pilgrimage in some of the, the holy sites in, in Ireland. And one of our first stops was to um, this place, this little town called Avoca. Some of you may have heard of it, some of you may have been there. And it's a place called the Meeting uh, of the Waters. And it's a really, it's a beautiful, beautiful spot. And for me, this this place is an, a place uh, which, in the Irish tradition, um, it would be called a thin space. You know, a thin space is a place where you seem to be able to perceive, you seem to be able to touch the divine in in an easy way. So we arrived and we got out of our two, you know, little minivans, um, and at least half of the pilgrim group decided they had other ideas about the thin space and pilgrims you know who you are they were complaining that i hadn't brought them yet 
to get a Guinness. So their idea of the thin space was to go straight into the beautiful pub at the edge of the river and find the divine there. Well, I think that was a good idea, but I took the other half of the group down to the river. And there we were, this amazing thin space where these three rivers come together. And we were silent there and we listened and we perceived the way that God was reaching out to us in our lives. Now, I know as we're here in you know, isolation in our homes, in our houses, we can't go to Avoca. <laughs> we're still allowed to go and we go to, we can go for walks. But that idea of a thin space, maybe our houses, our homes are thin spaces. Perhaps in a way that we've never experienced before. Our relationships, our phone calls that I'm sure we're having more phone calls, just checking in with everybody. Maybe these become a centre of a thin space where we begin to perceive God. Our concern for our neighbours, are they doing okay? Do they need any help? It becomes a thin space where the divine reaches and touches our land. In this um, pilgrimage as well, we went to another another site, Glendalock, again, some of you uh, may have been there. Now, admittedly, this is not the site of St. Patrick, but it's the site of St. Kevin, but that's okay. Um, and we had a time of just walking around the lake, of seeing the ruins, spending time there. Um, and as I, you know, we were kind of by ourselves a little bit, having a bit of silent time, and I sat down close to the water and during this time I just I began to cry, tears began to fall down my cheeks and I realised I was experiencing both pain and hope. As I looked upon the ruins um, that are there in Glendalough, you know, I was feeling these tears of pain, you know, of much brokenness, of much pain that has happened in this particular land, in Ireland, but in our world. But I was also filled with tears of hope. And those tears of hope came from the experience of somehow just realising the Spirit of God has always been present in this land and the Spirit of God is never going to leave this land. God is always present and I think, you know, this can be uh, maybe an image for us in these days. Perhaps we are, we do hold tears, you know, of worry, of fear, of concern, of pain. But perhaps these as well, these can turn into tears of hope. Because somehow in the middle of all this craziness, we do experience those thin spaces where we realise that the Spirit of God has always been present, is present, and will be present. The reading of the, the feast day of, of, of St. Patrick today is, is Jeremiah. That's the first reading. Jeremiah 1, 4-9. It's one of my, my favourite readings. It says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You know, it expresses this, this sense of God who has always been present and will always be present. 
So in our, our time at home, maybe not knowing what to do, perhaps today you could read St. Patrick's Confessions. You know, this ancient text um, that we know it comes from St. Patrick's hands. But there, Patrick, who, you know, who, whose story is a story of captivity from coming from slavery to being this great uh, apostle, this great uh, um, leader there in the, in the Irish lands. But Patrick, in his stories, in his story, in his writings, he perceived the overwhelming mercy of God. He perceived God constantly lifting him up. And he writes just one little quote from, from his confessions. He writes, um, I was like a stone lying in the deepest mire. And then he who is mighty came and in his mercy raised me up. He most truly raised me on high and set me on the top of the rampart. So I ought to cry out with all my strength and render thanks to the Lord for his blessings are indeed great here and in eternity and beyond all that the human mind can imagine. In the middle of all of this, God is present. This this is our Easter faith and I know that we're in Lent and there was a, a you know, one of these Facebook posts, whatever that I saw in these days that you know, said, I didn't want to give this much up in Lent. But in the middle of all of this, God is present. And this is our Easter faith, that God will lift us up from the deepest mire. God lifts us up and God will raise us up. So today, although, you know, we may not all be Irish, um, but we can unite ourselves around our common humanity. We're all suffering in this time. We can unite ourselves around hope that is present in so many ways. And we can unite ourselves in prayer for all the hospital staff, for those that are ill, for those that are in fear or worried or concerned about businesses or about loved ones. We can unite ourselves in prayer for all of us. So if we're able to as well, we can lift uh, a, a Guinness, we can lift a tea for St. Pat, for St. Patrick. and can ask St. Patrick, St. Patrick, pray for us.